Hello, you're listening to Human by Design. This is a podcast series that I started about five years ago, but life got in the way, as tends to happen. So some are recordings of people that are no longer with us, sadly, but I guess that's life. I'm hoping that now you'll find these recordings as interesting as I did when I made them. I've been a spiritual seeker most of my life, I like to call myself a spiritual cowboy because I tend to roam from one thing to the next but that isn't to say that I haven't found a lot along the way. I've led a very unconventional life and at times I've paid the price for that but this also makes me interested in unconventional people and although I've tried to enlighten myself through books some teachers, through travel, and trying to experience. I believe that people sometimes have the best messages for us. So I hope that you'll get what I got from meeting these people, and you'll take something away that is of value to yourself. Because I think that everybody has something to teach. The first interview is with a guy named Hugo. He came from the north of Holland and uh, though he was a white guy, he followed the Rastafarian way of life. And he had this canoe that he um, assembled from a suitcase on the beach, which obviously gathered a lot of attention. Um, But he was also a very interesting guy and he was the first guy I interviewed back in Ibiza in 2014. Unfortunately, as I was new to recording at that time, there is background noise from people laughing in the bar, um, and also you can hear wind on the mic despite there being protection there. Um, But hopefully this just adds to the ambience of the uh, of the recording to begin with we talked about old ibiza and his early experiences of the island so sit back picture yourself in that bar on that lazy summer evening and enjoy listening to rastman as i did that night Okay, I'm Hugo, I'm from Holland, and I live in the north, and uh, I'm a trendsetter. And in the past I've done some inventions that might be useful for people to use as a, as a tool, or as a pavement. I invented a puzzle tile and uh, a fully interlocking concrete stone that wasn't there. I, uh, I, I designed it from the idea of a jigsaw puzzle and I'm, I have this idea protected internationally. That's one of my inventions I did for society. You're also an artist, yeah? Yeah, I like to uh, paint, I like to uh, make photographs in a special matter, manner. And uh, um, 
yeah, I like to, I, 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 I'm a creative person, and so uh, I, I, uh, I'm, yeah, well, I'm creative, and so I, I create things and think of things, and if I see a, a, a problem, I see it as a challenge to, uh, to make, uh, to make it useful again, also. Okay. And your your passion is uh, uh, is obviously uh, reggae music and, and the reggae culture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I love reggae music, especially the, uh, the the rhythms that come out every day. And I uh, listen to the music and I am checking out for the new latest rhythms and then I make mixes and I bring that to the people. I make special selections and mix that and then I bring that to the people as a DJ. And you, you DJed a long time? Or? I DJed a long time, yeah, for many years I DJed and uh, um, yeah, you know, to, to bring the people in the groove. And you've been com- coming to Ibiza for a long time, yeah? Yeah, I'm coming to Ibiza now for 40, no, for 35 years. And, uh, yeah, that's what I did. How come you first came here? It was, was just, uh, you know, a holiday. Yeah? Yeah, it was not nothing special. It was like anybody goes to Spain for the first time. And that's what I did. And then I, think I decided with a friend to go to Ibiza. And, we didn't know what to expect. I was very young at the time. I was only, I think, 18 or so. And uh, yeah, well, that's the first time I went to Ibiza, and, and yeah, and it all started from there. And you kept coming back. Yeah, I kept coming back. Not every year, but at least every other year. And uh, well, later on, I had some relationship with some girls here, Spanish girls local people I was always around with the locals over here because they could show me the places nice that were you know that were special to them and to me as well because they had some kind of magical touch and it has Ibiza changed in the time that you've been coming in Ibiza never changed the the, the, the scenery always has stayed the same, but uh, the people change all the time. And uh, in the in the early times, let's say you had some kind of different audience coming to the island than you what you see now, because now you have all these hotels built and they make special prizes, and so you get some, you know, rather more, yeah, how you say, some cheaper, cheaper audience than in the early days. That was more mixed. And you saw more rich people and poor people, you know, mixed all together. And now you see more, more and more the people that go on holiday because it's cheap, cheap flight, cheap hotels, and that's uh, some kind of different audience than in the early days. In the early days they were also more, more orientated in the sense of uh, in, uh, being being, let's say, at least uh, out of the ordinary way kind of people, you know, so they, they, uh, they, and you still can see it on the island that there's some people are, you know, not the regular kind of people, so you have a lot of artists, also in the early days you had even more artists than nowadays because later, yeah, the big hotels explore, uh, um, I think hotels, business started to go from there, 
And then Ibiza changed, it, it became more commercialized. And that's what you see when you go to Café del Mar. I went there when early days when they started to, when they just were at their start. Yeah. And then the scenery is totally different than what you see now. Now it's like uh, you're going to the zoo, all the people uh, go and have a look what used to be the place to go in the early days. But it's never that way no more because because the scenery of because of all the people that go there it's it's yeah it's like like I said it's like more like a zoo these days yeah. it doesn't have this magical touch no more then you know although the the cafe itself never changed yeah the inside is still the same like 32 years ago when they first started they never changed it. Only the music's changed and the people. In the early days you saw the really the explorers in the you know, you saw Rasta people, you saw people with dreadlocks, people that, you know, choose another way of life. And that's what you don't see anymore. These people you won't see there anymore because they go to a different places nowadays. What would you what would you say that magic was? Was it was it was it the people? Was it? Uh, it was the people and it was the music and it was the intention of the place itself. The, the, the intention has also changed, also because of the techno uh, music and the, and the, um, um, the house music made, the, yeah, made it all change into a different direction than it, and it was in the early days. Then you had real music only what you heard, and you also we also went there to see the sunlight, to see the sundown. But um, yeah, well, that was uh, really maybe the, in an evening you saw maybe 30 people, and you know in an evening, and now you see there at Café del Mar at least 3,000 people. So, you know, so that makes you, you know, some kind of and and the prizes are. Likewise, they, they make the price sky high, but the people don't care because that's the famous place where they have to go. In the early days, you paid only a high price to go to the special discotheques you had then, you know, like Privilege Now, that used to be called Q in the past, and that was, uh, uh, yeah, it was different than it is now. Now it's now it's all full of house music, and in the times you had uh, every time a different kind of music. They had themes, and, and this time it was reggae. And the next weekend it was uh, hard rock. That, you know, it changed constantly. But now it's also because of Holland. The house music got famous over here. House music comes original from Amsterdam. And it's invented. It's invited in into Ibiza, in in Ibiza, and and Café del Mar took it over in the beginning. The house music, and that was one of the first places where you could hear the house music coming from Holland, from Amsterdam. And there you had the big play, you know, the big big discotheques where they where they you know where the, it first started to have to bring out the house music. And that was totally different than, when, than the techno beat that you hear these days. You know? the house music in the, at the start was really inventive kind of music, was really nice because you heard every time different things. But now it's like you hear every time the same thing. That's the difference.
in those those early days of Ibiza, what, what what would your nights have been spent doing? What would you do at night? In the nights, for instance, and let's say now you have uh, Punta Calera, the, pe- the people go there. But in the early times, we had their parties, you know, in the middle of the night, and so we went there in the night time. And uh, you know it was very tricky, tricky to get down there because it's it's not you know it's, it's kind of dangerous road to get there. But we went there in the night and in the night time, and then we were under the stars because it's so clear there in the night time you can nearly touch the the, the stars here. You know? And then we had there fires and we had people coming there from. From Ibiza, for mostly for local from Ibiza, went there because they were the people that know where to go in the night time. Because it's rather risky to go there in the night time if you don't know where to go. It's very hard to get there also. So, yeah. Next, we talk about the canoe, about how he assembles the canoe, and the freedom that it allows him on the island. So if we if we come up to like modern day now, you 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 have this amazing thing we saw today. This 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 canoe. Yeah. How did that? How did that come about? What what happened? Uh, well, that was in the beginning. It was a, a a friend of mine told me about it about this canoe. That there was a canoe now that you could easily take with you, and which was really like a solid solid kaja kaja, you know. And so that for me it was interesting to see because I was looking for for you know it's this canoe is is a kind of freedom for me because I can take it anywhere I go and I can you know I can I can I can go places where nobody else can go and and in the same time I know where to go because I know this place from a long time and so. I, uh, yeah, I, I, and then I can, and they are very uh, hard reachable from land. Those places, those secret beaches, and so that you have around, and where you don't find, and still, still don't find anybody, you know. Where you have real still, you know, like the touch from the early days. And that's why I go to these places because they never changed. Because nature, in changement, is going so slowly that you can hardly see it. We change more than nature now, you see, because we are only here for a short while. And so our development goes much faster than the nature goes, because nature has its, you know, its, its, its rhythms, and that, that takes centuries before things really change. Well, sometimes something happens, like, uh, like with storms, and so, so a coast can be ruined. At a, I've seen, for instance, Punta Calera, that there is a, a part, you know, that was very beautiful that is now uh, it fell down in the storm a part of it you know stones fell down was really you know like disrupted you know but that was only nature that that, maybe that happens once in the 500 years you never know but for the rest you know these beaches and so they stay forever the way they are so, do you, so a friend told you about the canoe, and then then what did you? you yeah, and then I I, uh, I I was looking it up and to see how it works, and yeah, I was thinking, oh, okay, I I, I uh, this is a new invention, by the way. These guys are really 
um, how you say, inventive also in new products and they found out about this canoe. And this guy who found out about this canoe was looking for uh, a way to make it more easy for him to to be able to use his canoe where he went. He always had this problem to put it in the car and he had no space in his own room, in his own house, to stall this canoe. And so now he, that's why he invented, you know, it's from the, uh, what are you called, Aragami or the, this, this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this, this is where the idea come from. You know. Ah, well, well. Yeah. So what, what, if you explain the canoe to us, what, what is the... Uh, oh, yeah, thank you. What is the canoe made of and, and how does it assemble? Um, the, ma- the canoe is made of, uh, of polypropylene. Polypropylene. It's a, a, a kind of plastic. Yeah. Very solid. And they did some some. Um, they, they, they did some tryouts on it to see how, how long it lasts. And they threw it from a building, for instance, to see what happens. And they hammered it with a hammer to see what happens. And they, they, they constructed it that way. They, they put on a swing to it. And so they go, like, you know, like going in the swing to see how long it would last. And even after 20,000 times, it didn't break, you know? And so that strong it is, and so it's very strong material, very solid. It also has its disadvantages because it's very hard to 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 um, to, to um, prepare it again when it's to to fix it again when it's broken, or when you have a hole in it. But it's very hard to you know to, because nothing sticks to it. You cannot you cannot use any glue. This is, I and now I tried some to paint it because it was white it came out white and I don't like a white boat at all because it's too obvious in the nature you cannot be you know the the animals see you coming from afar and I like to be you know like sneaking in with the animals and so they can see them and that's where the idea came from to to go and paint it and then yeah well as a rasta man what color do you think of I think oh Jamaican flag would be fitting nicely you know and so I made in my computer, I made a drawing and see how it worked out in the colors like and to where to put the, the stars, you know, the, the crosses like from the Jamaican flag. And, yeah, and so I came out the, the way I did. So, but this material is very light. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah it's only uh, the whole canoe weighs about, I think, eight, 16 kilos. And it folds up into what looks like a suitcase. Yeah, it's more or less a meter by by 80 centimeters or so. Yeah. And you bring that on the plane? And I bring it on the plane, so I can go everywhere. I also customize it completely because I needed to be able to carry my rods on it and my net to to be able to to fish from it because I wanted to make it like a fishing canoe. But most modern canoes are flat canoes where, where you can sit on, even stand on, and go fishing. But yeah, I had to go out from this origami type of boat, which is, you know, a sit-in canoe. And so an, a sit-in canoe is very unusual for it to make out, to, for it to uh, uh, transform it into a, into a fishing canoe. And to people, people who've never seen this canoe, how would you explain how you, how it folds together? 
it's hard to explain. It's just, yeah, uh, it is, yeah. But. And, and yeah, well, it's not my invention, and so I took it from there, you know. It was easy for me, I didn't have to invent it this time. I could just take over the idea because the boat was already there and I think I take it from here, but now I'm going to make a fishing canoe for, of it with, with painting, a drawn one. And so, uh, yeah, that, they, uh, they don't, I asked them, the guys who, who I bought it from, because it's coming from California, these guys, they uh, live in California. The canoe cost about $1,200. And um, yeah, the, to send it over cost also near, for me to Holland cost also nearly five, four or five hundred dollars you know. It's really incredible how much it costs to send it over. Anyway, I have one now, I have one now, and so I'm very happy with it. So it, it, it comes together, what, with straps and... and with straps, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and slots into place. And yeah, it slots into place and you have to tie it and you're busy about 10 minutes to, to get it all together. But then you have a solid, a, a solid canoe. And it's very light in the water. Very light in the water, it's very sturdy, it's very um, solid, it's very... Um, it keeps all one on track in one track. And you've been right out to sea with this? Hmm? You've been right out to sea with this as yeah. well? Yeah, it was a little scary at first because it was kind of kind of rough weather and uh, well anyway I survived. And you feel pretty confident with it now. Is it? I'm feeling more and more comfortable in it because I see that it's a solid canoe and I, I and I'm getting more experience now because I wasn't an experienced canoe uh, goer and, and uh, kayak fisherman at all, you know. Oh, okay. I, 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 ne I never used to uh, to go out with a with a kayak, but because I, it gives me extra freedom to go out with a kayak, that's why I, what I like so much about it. Because you can take everything with you. You can load it with your tent, and you can load it with some stuff that you need for to to, to go camping. You can take some stuff with you, and you can you could even make you could even put a fish finder on it, or you could. I, a sail you can put on it. You could even make a catamaran of it if you have two. So, yeah, the, uh, it's rather complete. It's very simple, and, and so, you know, it, it's affordable for people. It, okay, $1,200 is not for free, but I mean, you have a lot of freedom for that price because you can take your canoe every, anywhere you go. Fish. Bike. And you can go fishing and. It's totally, completely new, and the way I see it is, it's, uh, it's uh, for me. I'm not going here on holidays, but I'm going to try another kind of living. Yeah. For me, I see it as a rather as a other kind of living because this gives me a certain kind of freedom away from all the tourist madness. I can go wherever I want without interfering with anybody, you know. And so, yeah, in a cheap way and in a natural way, you know, it's like an Indian style. It's like Indian style. The Indians invented the kayak, you know, and it's not for nothing because, you know, it gave them a, 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 a possibility to go and move around and to see different places and to go hunting and to, you know, meet meet the other tribes or whatever or other, other people, you know. And so, yeah. And that's what I, I, I like so much about it. 
So it's, it's it fits in with your philosophy. Yeah, like, that yeah. as well, you know. So because I'm also prophesizing, uh, uh, yeah, the the Rasta or Jamaica and you know everything that belongs, the culture. And would, so, would you take this to Jamaica? Do you think? Yeah, I'm planning to take it also to Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. Why not? In Jamaica, you can also use it very well on the sea. Maybe I can go go tuna fish it here. <laughs> it's a different style than what you have here with the Dorados. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, yeah, I don't know, never know. But I like it so much because I, I, ha I, can, I can live a totally different life that way here. I have my car here, I rent a car, simple way, cheap style. Car costs nothing if you order it already at home, you know, it costs you 12 hours a day or 12 euros a day, I don't know, the 14. And, and then you, you are, and then I'm able to take my canoe wherever I want. And so I can, you know, I go look in the map and I go see where's the nice beaches, which I want to see, not the crowded beaches, but the, you know, the more desolate uh, secret beaches. I see on the map which route I can go, and then I go to the nearest easy access to the water, and then I go from there. And then, yeah, I, I, I double cross it, the, the, the difficulty to get to those places and that's they are not for nothing you know so desolate because it's most of them places are very hard to reach there are beaches you have to for instance you have to go by a rope you have to climb down to get there you know? and and some ropes are not so even so trustable so you have to be careful and some parts are really dangerous and some places you can only get there by swimming if you go you know by yourself by boat you can go everywhere of course even the boats cannot get everywhere because they are restricted to the deepness of the water and sometimes with a canoe you can, i can cross waters that are not deeper than 20 centimeters i can go you know that, that gives me another another advantage because another boat is to stop, I don't know, maybe a mile from the coast and from there you have to, or to go swim or you go with a rubber boat, but it's not, it's not an easy way to do it. And then the rubber boat might get, you know, broken because the rockery, because the sharp rockery doesn't allow you to go with a rubber boat anywhere clo close to the coast because you <laughs> yeah, that won't work, you know, because you got a puncture for sure. And so with a canoe, it's so solid, you can just, you know, you can bang the rocks and nothing happens. It's, that's a really solid material. Okay, some scratches, but no really damage that you might go down, you know, in the water. If you could talk to the manufacturers of the canoe, is there any improvements that you would make on the canoe? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, there's many improvements I would make, yeah. I think it's still consisting out of too many parts. And uh, I also see that some parts are not so durable. The extra parts, that is. I mean, the boat itself is very solid. Nothing to say about it. And it gets some way, because maybe I added some stuff, and so it gets a little bit lobster daisies. So one part, you know, the left part is getting a little bit longer than the right part. I don't know why, maybe because I folded it up in a, in a not correctly 100% way, I don't know, but it's, it's new to me. But now I see that I can't close the box now, not so well anymore, because it's going a little bit out of its form. Okay. 
but it's only a minor, minor problem. And some straps are sometimes they break, you know, and so you need extra parts. But if you have enough extra parts, you can then you can then they can last for a long time. Yeah, but you need those extra parts because otherwise you yeah you get problem. You after a year some things are broken and it's not functioning 100% no more because you have to be able to close the 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 top completely very watertight. Otherwise yeah it's not so solid no more you know. How long have you had the canoe now? I've got the canoe now over half more than half a year. Yeah, and so uh, yeah. And you get some funny looks when you assemble. Yeah, oh yeah. Many people come and have a look, you know, and to see who, after, or they ask me where I can buy one. Yeah. But most people they are flabbergasted in the way, you know, it all fits together, and they've yeah. never seen such a thing in their life, and never did I. There's a lot of curiosity on the beach. Today. Oh yeah. But I try to avoid those. You know, I go more to the quiet places that I'm not, you know, to to be, you know, observed by so many people because I don't like that so much, you know. Yeah. I like, you know, but uh, yeah. Well, anyway, if I if I have put this thing together, then I'm gone anyway. So I don't mind so much about the people. But it's just. Uh, you, know. you live in a quiet village in Holland. Yeah. So. Only 40 people live there. Yeah. It's a desolate place. Jeez, how's that work? Lonely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I feel rather lonely at times. That's not so nice, you know. I like to be alone, but I don't like to feel lonely. Yeah. And that's what I have a lot, a lot of times, and that's what I don't like so much, you know. Yeah. But that's more because I have no partner at the moment, and so. And because I'm getting older, it's not so easily to find a partner that I really like, you know. I get some kind of fussy about that, you know. <laughs> and the girl doesn't fit so easily in my profile, you know. So then you need a two-man canoe, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that would be more fun, yeah. Yeah, and more safe, too, because if one, if something happens to one, the other one can save the other, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because when you're out in sea, I realize that I, you know, that, that there are times that I, that I'm not so sure when I'm far from the coast that I will be saved when something happens to me. Because they're rather risky, especially if you have no life fist on you, and then, you know, feel a little bit, you know, yeah, a little, little vulnerable, you know. Especially with the sharp rocks, because you're passing rocks for, for, for kilometers, for miles, and, and, and only sharp and, and, and high rocks, cliffs, you can never get out there, you see. And if you get there into the water, you try to get, the beach has no use. But anyway, you will, you will thrown against those sharp rocks at the point, you know, because you will, the, the waves will drive you there. Yeah, yeah. The waves are always towards the coast, and so they will take you. And they will, yeah, will, will be smashed against the rocks, which are nail sharp. Yeah, yeah. But it's not something I'm looking too forward to. I'm, well, I must say I felt rather secure. Yeah. Yeah, but that's maybe because I feel protected, you know? Yeah, because I, you know, I'm, I'm a Rasta man, and so I, I believe in Jar, Rastafari, so. Lastly, we talk about his Rastafarian way of life. 
we talk about loneliness, and we talk about the acceptance that he feels on the island of Ibiza, a common theme for many people who visit the island. Yeah, because I, you know, I'm, I'm a Rasta man, and so I, I believe in Jah, Rastafari, so, you know, as my protector. And so he's guiding me along, and he also gives me these ideas, together with the use of my ganja, which gives me a, an elevation to other levels, but, you know, you reach kind of other levels which you make see and look in, in a different angle angle to towards the the daily life and that's why maybe also I have these ideas you know they come from somewhere you know and yeah I can only I think I can only have these creative thoughts because I smoke ganja. When did you become a Rastaman? I become a became a Rastaman let's say also 35 years ago. Well, I started to have dreadlocks and, you know, love reggae, a real rastaman, yeah, and it takes some time, you know. It's a, it's a, it's um, it's a way you, you go, and you start somewhere, you know, in the beginning of the road, but the farther on, the farther you get along the road, the more clear your aim becomes. And that's like with becoming a Rastaman. You are not Rastaman from one day to the other. You know, you have to, it has to grow. You have to learn, you have to you get, you know, you, you, you see to get wiser, you know. And it takes time to get wiser, years. And by the time you get so wise, you're old. And then you have to be, you know, you, you, my idea is to teach to the people, to let the people see what is possible. And that's why I'm a trendsetter. I like to show to the people which creative ways there are to do certain things. You know, because you can do things in all kind of different ways. But mostly, most people, they are, they are less creative because they, the, the road is already paved, you know. But they, that's... That's coincidentally the same like I'm talking about the pavement, you know, but, you know, change the pattern for a, for a, for a change. And you see, that it's, it might work out really nicely, you know. Do, and then, do, you, do you find, was it difficult to be accepted as a, as a white Rasta man with, with, with Rastas or? With Rastas, no. No. No, in Jamaica it gave me, uh, it gave me status. Especially because the midrets are so long now, and so they see, and they see that you have this, chosen this road for a reason. Otherwise, you wouldn't have such a long dreadlocks. That's not from one day to the other. That takes many, many years, you know. And so, yeah, and you see the, the, the. I have with the Rasta man, Rasta people that I have this. We have the same aim. You can, you know, one, it's one aim, one, one destiny, and we are we all going, going the same road, in a similar way, anyway, you know. Everybody in his own way. But you can see, you know, it's, it's this, this Rasta communication within, as we say. I've, if I meet a Rasta man, it doesn't matter where he comes from, but if he's a real Rasta man, he will, we have some kind of connection. And so this, and that's because we are on the same road, you know, as we call it, we're going to Zion. You know? 
We are in the Babylon and we are on our road to Zion, which is the like, like the promised land. No? The, the, yeah. It's all spiritual way spoken, you know. It's not that there is a land and there you go. Although it's, it's it originally came from the idea to go back to Africa from the slaves, you know. That's where the idea came from, you know, like to go back to Africa in the Black Star Liner, as they call it, the ship. They would go. It was all spiritual spoken, you know, because they would could never all take all these people back to Africa because this is generations ago nearly well not so long ago slavery but a generation has it given you uh, a spiritual feeling in your heart uh, becoming a raster has that has that given you something yeah it's given me a lot of uh, strength yeah yeah gives me um, gives me spiritual power yeah. that's also what I see in Jamaica when I get there I see I get this this um, I, this feeling for, uh, you know this this mutual feeling with these people I feel that yeah this mystical feeling that they also have people from Jamaica are very mystical uh, also superstitious but that's another thing Someone, someone outside of that who doesn't understand why you, why you need to smoke. What, what, what does the smoking signify? What's the, why, why do you need to, to smoke? Do you think? Um, like I said, to get in a higher level, to get in the, to um, yeah, to have this, uh, um, this this elevation of the mind. So that I can see things different ways, you know. And like Rasta people call that closer to God, because then they are able to do more as if they are staying in the same level all the time. So they reach higher levels. Why do why spiritual high levels? Why then they can see things different and can also make changements. And reggae music's also a part of that as well. Yeah, reggae music is also kind of part of it. Yeah, it's the voice of the people from Jamaica mostly. Yeah, it's the, like, like the rhythms that come out. It's like, like a newspaper to them. People listen to the music all the time because they, the music tells them everything. It's like a newspaper, you know. People, they you know, they listen to the radio and they listen and they hear what's going on in uh, in their society. And to us, it's a different thing because we, you know we hear it as reggae music and we dance to it, but we don't understand the true meaning of it. But it's not the, not a problem. It's not a problem because it's nice to to enjoy the vibe. You know, yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's. Yeah. It's like a feeling brought over, you know, and it's and, and like the best music come from the ghetto, come really from the slum, from the um, yeah, from the poor people, you know, they, because their suffering, because their struggle of life gives them, you know, the the energy to try and change something and to to let their voices hear. 
Have you felt people uh, who are from your own culture, well, white people, reject you at all for becoming a Rasta man? Do you? Oh yeah, many people don't understand me. And that is for me very difficult. The more that I get, I get older, it's getting more difficult because I like to be accepted by the people. And the way I do it, because Rastaman, I'm so extremely Rastaman that some people in our society where I live don't understand what I'm all about, what it's all about, where it's all about. And so then, then I'm not accepted sometimes, you know, and that's what I find a pity because... Do you think that's fair or...? Well, I can understand because they don't understand what it's all about. Why I am a Rastaman, why I have got this here, they don't understand. And I cannot blame them because they don't have to ha know everything. And so I have to accept their opinion for me not accepting me, you know, for them for not accepting me because, yeah, they don't know. And so maybe they can find out, but I cannot force them to, you know, to make them find out. And so I have to do something to be accepted. So, yeah, it's, sometimes I think it would be better when I had short hair. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, I, I, won't get, I, I won't get off my path. To, you know, I've got my mission to go and I won't change. But then again, my hair has not so much to do with my mission, with my goal in life. And so, yeah, I'm a, it's a bit hard for me these days. Yes, yeah. But I don't think I was thinking to go and get them off. But now I no, I don't think I'm gonna do it. I've changed again. Since I'm on Ibiza and I talk to people I think no, no, I better not do that. Beef is good for that, yeah? Yeah, well because Ibiza is a place where all people are accepted. And that's had this has been this way all the time and that's why I like Ibiza so much because I, I've been always a bit of an outcast and a little bit of a you know, different person than the other because I don't like to go with the mainstream. Whatever it is, I like to you know, do different things, to be a trendsetter. And so, yeah, and... Rasta means love, simple as that, you know, and yeah, to be... Uh, uh, to be good to your fellow brother. That's, uh, a Rastaman is a conscious man. And you can only be a conscious man by being conscious, you know, and so to listen to your own consciousness. And consciousness is what I see and feel as God, you know, because God gives you, uh, gives you this idea of what is good or what is bad. And everybody has temptations in his life, and so sometimes he goes the wrong way. But if he realizes it, because he, he made a mistake because of the temptations or whatever, and he, next time he's doing it right, then it was only a lesson, and nobody will, you know, say that it wasn't right. To, uh, God won't, you know, punish him because he did the wrong way. No, it's normally that some people, you know, make, um, um, you, you learn by doing your mistakes, you know. And if you repeatedly go and make these mistakes, then you're not listening to your own consciousness. It's, like, it's the same like, you can only become a good man by being good. If you want to be a good man, you have to be good. 
if you're not listening, if you're listening to your unconsciousness, and you say, and that says, yeah, you're doing it right or doing it wrong, and you want to go the right way, the only that only way, that's the only way to become a righteous man. You know, it's that simple as that. And so it's the same with the consciousness. You know, you have to listen to your consciousness to to be to be a conscious man. And that's what Rasta teach. You know, these kind of things. And sharing, you say. And sharing and caring, yeah, yeah. Because you know, if you have if you have a heart, you feel for your fellow brother, and so you help him. And so, you know, that's that's listening to your heart. And being humble, you said. And being humble, yeah, to be satisfied with the, with small things, with the little things in life. You know, you, you cannot. Otherwise, you, people get greedy, and people want to have more and more. And this 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 doesn't add anything to 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 who you are. You know, because. You can have ten cars, but you can only drive in one. Or you can have ten houses, but you can only live in one. And so, no, you don't need all that. You know, you have to be satisfied with the with the basic things in life. To, to that will that that will bring you around, so that you can live the way uh, you need to be able to. That you need to survive. Basically, and you're saying that, uh, and, and Rasta's view of other religions is is, is tolerant. Of yeah, in Jamaica you see so many churches. So there you can see that there is a lot of tolerance uh, among the different beliefs. And I think that's the society should be that way. I think it's very good to have society that way because then all people are, you know, free to believe what they want. And I think that. You cannot think for another person, and any person has to think for himself and live up to his own consciousness. You cannot rule another person's life, that's, that, that's a sin. You cannot do that. And people are very much, you know, trying to, uh, trying to change others, to, to, you know, we are all in, the soci in our society, we're all you know, like sheep, a flock of sheep, we all have to go the same direction. And it's not allowed, if any sheep go in any other direction, then they're, you know, they're driven back to the, well, to the herd, you know? And they have to all go the same direction. And me as a trendsetter, just like to see which other ways are possible to, to go, also to an aim which, are, which, is, which is good to me. Do you, do you follow a Bible or a set of beliefs? Like with the Bible, I think no. I don't need a book to tell me what I have to do. You know, I can listen to my consciousness, and I know what I have, what is good and what's wrong. And so I live up. And I, I think, you know, like the Bible is the the word of God, and the word of God should be love. And many religion religions are. Uh, like you know, they bring the people to other ideas which are which have nothing to do with love, and that's that's what you see with this extreme, you know, like with Islam going extremely, or uh, Catholics, you know, or or you have these um, uh, what you 
say these uh, these cults going extremely ways, you know. Yeah, and uh, and Rasta is 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 yeah is fighting the 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 system as such, you know, because. The system uh, forces the people to do things that most people would never do, and and that's why they are worse off because the people don't think because they believe in a, in a, in the government that is that they think it's for the people, but the government ha the government isn't there for the people, you know, and that's sometimes it's yeah it's. It's a mistake that people make. They think that they are um, that, that that they are um, that they are in uh, for uh, the, the beneficial parts of the people for the for, to be beneficial for, to the people, but it's not at all. The government is not, you know, that's fooling the people. That's it's, and then they can get away with a lot of money and, and uh, you know. But they're fooling the people because they do as if they are there for the people, but they aren't. And so that's why Rasta is fighting the system, because the system is only sucking out the, the poor. Especially in Jamaica, where they're so uh, prominent. But it's in our society the same story. It's the same. Only different levels, you know? It's also some kind of type of corruption, I would say. And they get away with it. The big bosses, they get these big bonuses and they get away with all the money, you know. But in the end, the poor people have to pay for it. The money has to go somewhere and it's coming from somewhere. And it's the same story over again. The, the money is coming from the poor and you're making the rich rich all the time. And the poor is poor, you know. And so that's what Rasta fighting. That's what, what Rasta called Babylon. Babylon is a is a, is a, is a, an it's an overall term. You know, Babylon has many meanings. You know, not only being the police, they call Babylon. You know, because they, you know, they are the the servants of Babylon. They are the you know, they, they make Babylon run. They are you know like the slaves of Babylon. They the police. So Babylon is, is, is bad. Babylon stands for everything that is bad, you know, anything, and mostly the system, which is our rot, is our rot, is rotten because it, you know, it's it's sucking out the poor people, and they only get poor, and the rich get richer. The same story, no? And that's why the Rasta men they fight uh, Babylon. Oh, that's brilliant, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Human by Design and don't forget to check in next time for another interview. Keep on being human. <laughs>